0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So. Galatians chapter five, verse t- 16, Paul starts off and he says, I say, then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is that? What? When I first got saved, I'm like, people were telling me, Hey, you need to walk in the spirit. I didn't know what the spirit was. What, what is the spirit? I know Jesus. When I first got saved, it was like, ask Jesus into your heart, which when God saves you, it's a miraculous spiritual awakening that God does. It's nothing that you or I can do to save ourselves. We, it's not. When I hear people say that, man, I went and looked, I went looking for God and I found God. No, you did not. The Bible tells us no one goes and looks after God because we are evil. We are born in this world. We are sinners. All we look after are the things that pleases us. But when the Holy Spirit starts to work in your life, like he did in mine, as he did in yours, he starts to to uh, orchestrate things in your life, your relationships, people around you to bring you to salvation. And then you heard, probably you heard it on the radio. You know, a pastor was preaching or teaching, and then you heard the gospel, and the the pastor says, hey, if you want to give your life. But when I got saved, it was January 2000. I walked in. I knew about Jesus. I knew all that stuff. But it wasn't real to me. A few years earlier, we were in Arizona, in Tempe, Arizona. The Holy Spirit started to do work. He started sending people that were spiritual to us to help us study the Bible. Thank God his Holy Spirit was able to be there where we were knowing truth from false, from from lies, right? And so... And so God worked everything out. When we moved to California in January, in November, and then a friend of mine invited us, and I always tell this story because it is amazing. This is how I got saved, guys. Just think of your salvation. So a friend of mine invited us to church. It was January of 2000. I will never forget. It was probably the first Sunday of that year, and we walked in, and the Holy Spirit has be, been preparing us for like three, three years before that. He orchestrated everything, our move, everything, our relationships, to bring us to that point in time. I didn't, I didn't know what the, the, the music sounded good, everything, people were polite, but God was doing a work that was supernatural. Supernatural. All I heard was the music, and then I heard the teaching. I don't know what the teaching was about, like I said last time, but all he said was, you are a sinner, and I knew I was a sinner. I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. That was That's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts every single lost person to come to Jesus. And how does he do that? It's in your heart. When you're not saved, there's something missing in your heart, Right? I got we got married, we had my my child, we both had good jobs, we were in our 20, we just purchased a house. When you look at it, it's like we look successful from the outside, but there was something missing in our hearts. God orchestrate that it brings us to California. That Sunday I was in church. I don't know what was taught. All I know is he gave the invitation for those of you who want to accept Jesus. I didn't fully understand what I was doing, guys. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural work that you don't, I fully get. God pursued me, came after me. I was 30 years old. I could have died and went to hell, be separated and be punished by his righteous judgment because I deserved it. But yet he had grace on my life and he brought me to this church. New Venture Fellowship, Oceanside California, Pastor Sean Mitchell did the invitation. The Holy Spirit spoke to my heart, and I said that, I want that." And then within a year, guys, within a year, my influence, our influence, the Holy Spirit's influence in our sphere of circle, my families, my friends, one by one, they came to Jesus. I was like blown away. I'm like, is this thing real? And I'm seeing the guys that I grew up with in high school come to Jesus. These were like guys I used to run with that did stuff that were not of Jesus and they were coming to Jesus. Then I saw gangsters who I knew. People for in the shadows come to Jesus. it was the work of the holy spirit it was the work of the holy spirit and that's what we rely on we we don't rely on religion we don't rely on our bible knowledge we do not rely on our membership which we don't even have membership here at calvary chapel <laughs> We don't rely on any other thing, and that's what Paul t- t- is telling the Galatian church. Listen, the gospel I brought to you guys was Jesus plus nothing. And now you're trying to make yourselves right with God by adding these things. You want to go to the law? The law's going to give you a curse. The law is a curse because you can't keep it. You break one law, you broken them all. You deserve hell. And Paul's reminding these guys: you need to stand in Jesus. You need to stand in the true gospel. You need to stand against the yoke of bondage. Some of us are in this church this morning and we are in bondage. If you don't have Jesus, you're in bondage to the sin. You don't think you are, but you are. If you don't, if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, And have the Holy Spirit seal you, you are in bondage to sin. Sin and death is what every single person is looking for that doesn't have Christ. And then he tells us in in Galatians, in the first half of chapter 5, he says, You need to stand in Jesus. You need to stand against the yoke of bondage. You need to stand in the power of the Holy Spirit. There is power in the Holy Spirit. We have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. Then Paul later on tells us, you have all these things, now run with Jesus. Remember, he's telling the Galatians before we even get here, he says, you guys were running so well, you were walking with Jesus. What happened to you guys? They left Jesus, and they were trying to pursue righteousness with God, with the law. They were trying to keep the law, the old ways of of coming to the Father, they missed it. And Paul's telling them, you guys need to come back to Jesus. You need to run with Jesus. Because when you're with Jesus, we have freedom in our worship with Jesus. Not the, not freedom to act all crazy, but the freedom to be here this morning, the freedom to love one another. So Paul in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16, he says, I, I say then walk in the spirit and you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 17, it says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Ain't that the truth, right? We know what's right. We know God is a holy God. He's a righteous God. He's a loving God. We want to do the things that please him. But guys, we are in this flesh. This flesh wars against God and all that he wants to pursue. Because, But the good news is when you give your life to Christ, when he comes in and transforms you, you are a new creation. You've been born again. You are new. Sometimes we forget that. We are new people. And he says in 19 for the works of I'm not going to break down and go over these works of the flesh because we have all walked in the flesh. It's easy to walk in our flesh, isn't it? It's easy not to be great to one another. It's easy to give in to sin. It's easy to do the wrong thing. It's so easy for us as believers to forget who we are in Christ and start going back and doing the what our flesh wants. And when we read this list of what the flesh has, to, what the Bible says about the flesh in nineteen and twenty and twenty-one, I'm thinking, like, man, that is what the world looks like. You know, the first five right there is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sexual, and some of your Bible says sexual immorality. Isn't that rampant in our in our world today? It's rampant. You know, we have these phones. This is this, this is an amoral device. It doesn't know right from wrong. But we as people, we can choose this for evil or we can choose it for good. Your computers, I'm not going to go over all that because we all know what the works of the flesh. Before you came to God, we were walking in the flesh. We did the things that pleases us. Listen, if you've been walking with God and you are practicing any of these things, here's the great news. God's already forgiven you. Confess this morning to him right now. God, I'm sorry. Please empower me with your Holy Spirit not to do these things that do not please you. Because God says, those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are out there just sexually innuendos all over the place, and we see that, are young people in schools. Man, I was around some of my nephews. um, You know, the songs, the lyrics that are, it's just vulgar. And sometimes, you know, we can look in our lives, and you know, for me, it was like the '80s and '90s. Oh yeah, if we go back to those days, those were some pure days. Really, those were some evil days. Now if you look back at it, it's like some of the songs you think were you think were good songs. Man, that worships the devil. When well, we practice those things, we are allowing Satan, allowing the devil to. Just take off our, our our walks, you know. And he talks about reveries and drunkenness. So we have we have the we have a side business. It's a you know it's a photo booth that we take. So we do events like weddings, quinceañeras, uh, birthdays, whatever. You know, people hire us to take our photo booth out there. So we had an event last night. And I was reading this, I'm like, man, that is so much like the world. When I look at those events, and I've been, we've been doing this for a while, and it's like, when people get together and they're of the world, you know, drunkenness comes out. Like, we have to, people have to get themselves into an altered state, and they think that, and I'm thinking back to me, I'm like, Man, I used to think those things were fun. You know, your your mind can be altered and you're doing things that you rig that you normally do not do drugs, alcohol. If God is touching you about those things this morning, get right with God right now. I challenge you. If you have issues, you know, if you drink, hey, That's your business. That's you between you and the Lord. He's delivered when I came from that lifestyle. I came from the party scene, from the get-together and having a great time. God said, I need to deliver you from that because those those are the type of vices that really mess you up. You can't grow with me when you're in that type of environment. So he took me. Well, he moved me away from Arizona. That's what he did. And he surrounded me by godly people, people who want to walk with God. Man, if we are, if you're convicted this morning about this list, here's the great news. Father, I struggle in this area. Whatever area that is, it's your sin. It's my sin. The Father knows. If you have to confess to somebody else, your husbands, if you have to confess to your wife, wives, the husband, good friends, whatever that is, we can look at those sins. But what about what about the sin of bitterness? Nobody can see that I'm bitter in my heart about something. Oh, you hurt me like two weeks ago and I'm going to hold that bitterness in. We do that in the church, don't we? Our relationships in the church is like, you know, I'm in the worship team. And sometimes I'm like, and this is confessing time, I'm like, oh man, we're doing that song again? Gosh, we do the same things over and over again. If I don't check myself and say, God, please forgive me. Help me, Father, with my motivation of what I, because. Everything that we do as a church, Calvary Chapel Lubbock, is all about freedom. I'm free to come up here and play. Praise God that I, he's, gift, he's gifted me to do this thing, right? Praise God he's gifted Linda. He's gifted other people here to do this. And I find myself at times very complaining. Is, is that just me? I'm, I'm like very complaining, and it's like, you know, that's a sin—complaining, bitterness—and he, hes going to talk about that in right before that in Galatians five fifteen. You know, in five fourteen says, "For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself." You're my neighbor. You're my neighbor. Everyone you come in contact with is your neighbor. That you love. We love the people in our church as we love ourselves. Sometimes we, I do not love people in this church the way that I love myself. Because my complaining gets in the way, and I want to see the church go a certain direction. I want to I have an experience with God a certain way, and God's telling us, okay, that's how you want it. Well, what does the Bible say about how you should worship me? We can look at the sins, the sins that we just listed. If we're struggling with those guys, if you are born again this morning, confess your sin to God, you are new. Maybe you need to throw some things out, right? Maybe you need to cut off some relationships, right? Maybe there's some family members you do not be want to be associated with, Because, but I'm not telling you this, God's going to, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you what you, specifically for you, what you need to do in your relationships. And that frees us up to love one another. Because the Spirit wars against the flesh. Heck, this morning, sometimes before I even get to church, I'm in the flesh. You know, my wife will iron clothes out. I'm like, are you serious? I'm, am I wearing that today? I don't pick none of my clothes. She picks it out. Babe, I think I wore that last week. I was in the flesh. My attitude has changed. Some of us were in the flesh before we got here this morning, and then we come in. Oh, how you doing, brother? Oh, my, I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Well, if we're really honest with one another, I'm really struggling in my marriage, having a hard time. I've got bitterness in my heart towards some family members. I've got bitterness in my heart towards my brothers and sisters in the church. Come clean. It's foolish for me to be up here and try to think everything's okay when you're really not okay. God's okay with that. God's okay with you're not okay. It's not okay that you think you're okay, that you stay okay. Okay? That really confuses me. So God is telling us the spirit wars against the flesh. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. We're going to jump right down to uh, Galatians 5.22. And I love, love this. You want to see the fulfillment of the law? You want to see how a Christian looks like? How we should represent ourselves to the world? i memorized this for me. I memorized this scripture a long time ago. I pray this. It's become a routine for me every day. Father God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Father, that my life today, as I live this life, that this would be what people see at work, at home, in all my relationships, because it glorifies you. Underline this verse. I challenge you. Come to me next week. I challenge you. Pray this verse every single day. I challenge you. The Holy Spirit will empower you and when you pray, just open your Bible or just have it on your phone. Highlight it. Father God, do this. I challenge you. Then come to me next week after you do this for seven days. It will become a habit for you. You won't need your phone. You won't need the Bible. It's just going to come naturally. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, I need your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your goodness. Gentleness, self-control, Father. Fill me. So we're going to spend most of our time here. And I just want to break down the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is nothing that we produce, right? It's a fruit of something that's already implanted in us. It just comes out naturally. The Holy Spirit works things out in your life. Where the fruit of the spirit, all this just comes out naturally. I can look at Mel and I see the man, he's very gentle. Sometimes he just frustrates me because he's so gentle. Mel, do the worship song like this. Oh yes, yes, brother self, yes yes, that's oh yeah, we, you think we should do life like, Mel, he's so gentle, Mel, you are so gentle. I see this fruit of spirit in you guys. Hopefully you see it in me, you see it in Pastor Ben. If you do not see any of the fruit of the spirit in us, you need to leave. You need to find a new church. Because if our church does not display this, we're missing it deeply. The first fruit of spirit is love, right? The English word for love has a very broad meaning, right? You know, I love ice cream. I love the Cowboys. Not me, but somebody else. <laughs> I love Tom Brady. I don't have a man crush on Tom Brady. I just like him as a athlete. Um, I love my dog. I love my favorite pizza. It's so watered down, right? But the Greek language is very precise. The love which the Holy Spirit manifests in believers is agape. This is agape love. This is the greatest love that we can show one another. This love is not a feeling but a choice. Listen to me, guys. It is the choice to be kind, to sacrifice, to consider one another his needs is the greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. Agape is used in all of the hard love verses in the Bible. There's many, 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 but I'm just going to give you a few. John 15:13. Jesus speaking to his disciple, he says, "Greater love." He's speaking to them, he's about to go to the cross and die. These guys really don't understand. He's telling these guys, Hey, I'm for I'm giving you a picture of what's about to come. He says this greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Agape. And as believers, we don't come to a place where we're just gonna have that agape love right away. Some sometimes I don't even have the phileo love. That's like a brotherly love. Sometimes I don't have love at all. I'm just like, you're just in the room, and I'm just here with you. But Jesus is challenging us to have agape for one another. In 1 John 3.11, he says, For this is the message which you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Agape one another. Agape one another. In Luke 6.35, Jesus says, Love your enemies. This love is agape love. Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything in return, right? You know, I, I may love Amanda, and she may need my ladder, and I give her the ladder, and I love her, and I'm like, okay, my agape has just downgraded from agape. Where's my ladder at, Amanda? I don't bring it up, but I, it's in my heart. Amanda, you've had my ladder for two weeks. We're going on a month. I really need my ladder. That may be silly, but that's agape. Giving things, God puts it in your heart to do something. It's that agape love that he's put in your heart. Sometimes he'll just tell me, you know, do this for this person, not expecting anything. That's God's love, because if it was my love, it's all about what can you do for me? I want something in return. It's because of love, this, this agape love, that God carried out his ultimate plan to save the world, right? My favorite, favorite verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved, agape, the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Ain't that amazing? God agape us while we were his enemies. He didn't have to do that. Not only did he agape us, he gave us the most important person to him, his son Jesus. I would never give my kid for any, even as a Christian, I wouldn't sacrifice my kid for you. You wouldn't sacrifice somebody you really love for me. But we grow and mature and we come to the place where God, all this is yours. Right? I give it to you. My talents as a drummer, it's yours. As a singer, it's yours. To serve one another, it's yours. In light of eternity, we hold on to things really tight. We hold on to our money. We hold on to our relationships. We hold on to whatever it is, and we're in bondage to those things. When you're free, when you can freely give those things out and expect nothing in return, it frees you up to love, really love people, to really love people the way that God sees it. Agape love. Love is the greatest gift God the Father can give. First Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, and this is what they read, in you know, most of every wedding, that agape is patient, love is patient, agape is kind, love is kind. Agape never fails. God's love never fails. Guys, listen to this. His love never fails. His love will never, ever fail you. No matter how much we fail him. No matter how much we hurt him, no matter how much we hurt one another, his love never fails. Ain't that, that just gives you so much power to realize that whatever you go through, his love never fails. It will never fail you. And then the second fruit of the spirit is joy. You know, we can have joy in so many things. You know, I have joy when my team wins. I have joy when I win the, uh, which I never did, I win the uh, Fantasy Football League. Danny has joy because I think he's won like two or three times. Erin has joy. She, she won a few times. We have joy in things. But the joy the Bible talks about, the Greek word is kata. Kata. Joy is the natural reaction to the work of God, right? Whether promised or fulfilled, joy expresses God's kingdom, his influence on earth. The spirit's production of joy can manifest in several different ways. Here are several different ways that we can experience God's joy. The joy from being delivered from death, sin. The joy that you are God's child. Our joy of salvation, right? Our greatest reason to be joyful is that God wants to save us, and he wants to spend eternity with us. Doesn't that bring you joy? It says this, you know, when Pastor Ben gives out, he, he's got an evangelism gift. When he gives an invitation, no matter how messed up he does it, people come and get saved. He's going to hear this. No matter how messed up or how great he does the invitation to come to Jesus, that's the joy of salvation. All heaven is joyful when one person accepts God's provisions of salvation. What about the joy of growing in your walk with Jesus? The joy of spiritual maturity. As the Holy Spirit works in us to bear more fruit, we become more confident in God's promises and rejoice in our walk with Him and with other believers. Ain't that that the truth? Man, I find great joy looking at new believers growing up in the faith. You know, I could see Linda. She's young. Linda, you bring so much joy to us. I see joy in the marriages here. When God says joy, I think of Alex. The guy is always joyful. He may have broken bones, everything's messed up, stuff. Every single week he has challenges, but he comes in here, hey, brother, how you doing today? Man, God's good. And I'm just looking at him like, he brings joy to me because I see God's joy in him. The joy of growing up and being mature in Christ. And then we have the joy of God's presence. When we are in God's presence, when we are in direct fellowship with Him, when nothing hinders that fellowship, there is great joy. There is great joy. God loves us so much. The Greek word for joy is kata, it's closely related to katis. Kadis, which means grace or gift. So kada is the normal response to charis. We have joy because of God's grace. We have joy because of God's grace. When we experience his grace, we have great joy. And when others experience his grace, we have great joy as well. And then we come to peace. One of the fruit of the Spirit is peace. In Romans twelve eighteen, Paul Paul writes and he says, if possible, Christian, if you are a Christian, you call yourself a follower of Jesus, this is for you and for me. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Think about that. Your family, do you have relationships in your family that are not peaceful? If it's possible, unto you, make peace, have peace. At your job, is there some co-workers that really bug you? You know, at my, at my job, we have two stores. I'm at one store. There's another store, which is right down the street. It's like our competition, even though we're the same company. And it doesn't give me great joy to have those guys beat our store every single month. It's like, I, I don't want the best for them. But what the Bible tells me is, if it's possible, it depends on me to have joy. Jesus' goal in coming to earth was more than simply to bring peace or to cease hostilities, right? He came to bring about a a full and abiding relationship of restoration and love. And the cost of this peace was his life. Jesus gave his life so that we may have peace with God. Because we were enemies of God, but now we have peace because of Jesus. God's peace transcends Transcends earthly matters. In Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 7, it says, Believers are to be anxious for nothing. You don't have any peace, but God's telling us, be anxious for nothing. For for God promises in this scripture to guard your hearts and minds. This peace transcends all understanding, that is, to the worldly mind. Such peace is incomprehensible. Its source is the Holy Spirit of God, whom the world neither sees nor knows. So if you have God in you today, we have peace with God. Not only do we have peace with God, we have peace because we belong to the King of Peace. And then that motivates us as the fruit of the Spirit to show peace to everyone else. What's the opposite of peace? Chaos, calamity, bitterness, You don't want the best. You know, as believers, we are commanded to pursue peace with other people. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Christian, be at peace with all men, including people in your church. Be at peace with one another. then he goes on, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All good things. I wanted to hit on those right away because love is what binds all those fruit of the Spirit together. When we have love, unconditional love for one another, we have, we walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And then he says, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. We belong to God, right? We belong to God. God has filled us with his Holy Spirit. God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. We have been crucif- crucified with Christ. In Galatians 2.20, it says, Paul's writing, and he's, he's telling them, I have been crucified with Christ. Listen, this is you. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life, the life, the life that you live, the life that you live, the life that I live, which I now live in the flesh, we're still here on this earth, we're in this flesh, there's temptations, but the life you and I live, I live by faith to please God. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. We all have passions and desires, guys. All of us. What are those passions and desires? If they're not of God, we need to come to God. Father, please give me the passions according to your will. Give me the, give me the desires that are your desires. Not the desires for what I want that are fleshly, but the desires that you want for me to have for you father and then galatians 525 he says this if we live in the spirit living in the spirit is you are born again right that is your position in christ you can be living in the spirit but you're not walking in the spirit the holy spirit has come in he's given you new life a new birth you've been saved from god's wrath you're in the spirit you're a new creation as the Bible tells us but you're not walking in the spirit. Right? Your lifestyle is not what the fruit of the spirit is all about. And how 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 can you know that? Well, if you're married, ask your husband, ask your wife. They're the ones who know you the best. Ask your kids. Is my dad or mom walking in the spirit? You know, am I walking in the spirit? Our life, guys, our life, the everything, we're going to leave here today, and we're going to do something else. Guess what? The spirit of God is walking with you. Rather, you like it or not. There's going to come a t- decision when you're walking today, this week. Opposition's going to come. Something's going to happen, you can't control. Are you going to walk in the Spirit? Are you going to rely on God's power for you? Or are you going to try to figure things out on your own? That's what God is telling us. Is your lifestyle aligned to what the Bible says? Are we walking in the Spirit? If somebody says hurtful things to you, are we walking in the Spirit? If you have an enemy that wants to do evil to you, are you walking in the Spirit? you're struggling financially, are you walking in the spirit? I've been there. We all have been financial struggles. Are we walking in the spirit or are we trying to manipulate the situation? What is God wanting us to learn in the situation that we're in to walk in the spirit? There is power walking with, with, with God, guys. There is power. and Sometimes we forget to plug into that power. It's like, it's like a lamp. We have a lamp. The lamp is only going to come on if you plug it into the socket and turn it on. You are the lamp of God. You have the Holy Spirit with you. But are you plugged into the power, which is the Holy Spirit? Are you plugged in? Because you're going to need it this week. I'm going to need it this week. At work, I need it every day. At church, even though you guys are loving and great people, we need it for one another. Right, Alex? Parents, you need it. We need to be plugged in. Because our kids look at us. They... If we're all trying to be Bible talky people and all we do is talk about it, we never live it out. They're going to look at us and they're going to say, you guys are the biggest hypocrites ever. You take me to church and you want me to do this. But I see your life has not manifest in the power of the Holy Spirit. It was challenging For me to put this together because I really had to take an inventory of where I'm at with God. I can't just bring this message and be like to you. Oh, you guys all need it. It's like God spoke to me in this. If nobody else got anything, God, I got it. And I've read Galatians like, but when you really study and you allow the Holy Spirit, just the spirit. Please give me wisdom and knowledge. Help me because sometimes I can come up here and have all my notes. And sometimes this happens. You listen to a bunch of different Bible teachings and you try to emulate those type of teachers. And that's not you. And the Holy Spirit is not free to move. There are like Bible teachers that have notes upon notes upon notes and they listen. But the spirit is not empowering the message. Because they did not walk in the Spirit. God forbid that would be us. Even in our walks this morning, God forbid that would be us. As as I close out in prayer, as the worship team comes up, we're going to do a last song, and I'm going to pray. Guys, do this. Galatians 5.22. Memorize this this week. I challenge you. Take me up on that challenge. I challenge you every day this week, starting today, before you go to bed or as soon as you get up in the morning, do this. Pray this. God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God, flood your spirit in me. Flood your spirit in me, God. Watch what the Holy Spirit will do with you. Then you'll be walking in the Spirit, not only living in the Spirit, you'll be walking in the power of the Spirit. Amen? All right, let's close out. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share my heart that's related to your heart to our people this morning, God. Pray that we would live in the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Fill us God, with your love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that others may see that we belong to you because we're plugged in to your power, Father. Go before us, order our steps. I pray for all those who are sick this week, God. I lift them up to you. I pray for that officer that lost his life in level land, his family, God. That you'll bring peace, that you'll surround them with your comfort, with your Holy Spirit, Father. I pray for our city. I pray for your kingdom to increase. Pray for Pastor Ben as he makes his way back from New Mexico. That you'll be with him on the road as well. Father, we just want to say that we love you this morning. It's not out of duty we show up. It's because we love you. And we thank you for allowing us to experience that love with you. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.